Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Top Producing Zone podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Jin. And this is Shane Carmelo. As you can tell, we kind of have a special episode recording for you guys this week because neither Shane nor I are in our typical studios. Uh, this is not a virtual background behind me. I am sitting at a in a hotel room in Austin, Texas. And Shane doesn't work for a bank, but Shane, why don't you tell... Tell everyone where you're sitting at right now. I'm actually sitting in LA inside of a Capital One bank. I happen to uh, bank with them to a certain extent, and uh, they gave me one of their private conference rooms. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. I like your lighting. I, I will have to say for those that have followed on with our podcast, this might be the first time in the history of this podcast so far, and I will say so far, that Shane might have the better setup than me. <laughs> Oh man, that's just the small victory. We're gonna go back to grass. I know, right? Better lighting, better camera. Here I have like a dingy, like green wall behind me. But hey, we we make it work wherever we are. Um, so today we have a fun short episode for everyone, where we're gonna focus on talking about prioritization. We all have just so much going on in our business and our personal lives. And being able to prioritize that is really important just to make sure we don't all go crazy from the busyness of it all. So uh, we're going to dive into that a little bit today, talk to you about how Shane and I kind of prioritize the different things that we have going on in our lives. And hopefully you find some things that are helpful for you. I I guess it's funny when you mention this topic, <laughs> it's like, oh man, I feel like I'm the test subject. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I do want to start off with you because I was thinking about this, right? You're you're obviously down in LA today. Um, you run a real estate business back in the Bay Area. So how did you prioritize doing this trip and balancing everything else that needs to kind of go on back home on the real estate side? Well, I'm actually prioritizing my real estate business. And uh, I just, I mean... Obviously, we've been paperless for a while, yep, yep. right? Um, our brokerage is cloud-based, and you know we're in twenty-four countries, and you know it's like it's too easy to stay put and just stay busy. But I mean, you know, if you want to grow, you want to expand, um, you really got to free yourself up to get out there. Like people want to meet with you in person. People are tired of just zoom, 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 zoom. You know, I think that once you build relationships, I think Zoom could be kind of maintenance or whatever. But, um, you know, we've had a few agents joining us. And um, I came and met with a couple that just joined. And I'm working on a couple bigger, you know, branches that may want to join. And so, you know, I, I changed up my schedule. It was kind of short notice. And I had to prioritize, you know, what I, you know, needed to get done and, what meetings I could honor and I rescheduled whatever I had to be there in person for. So today I honored, you know, obviously our session, um, honored a couple other meetings, including our pipeline meeting in the morning with our staff, did all those over zoom. And then I scheduled myself solid here with agents in this market to maximize my time. Now I'll be back on a plane in the morning and, um, I already have my you know priorities for what I got to tackle in person tomorrow. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, getting better at that, but, uh, you know, it's, I don't know, it's about time <laughs> for lack of a better yeah. term. Well, and I think also there's, there's this aspect you hit on about 
you know, hey, you're you're down there because of the real estate business. And I think we talked about this in a previous episode, but I think, you know, there is a lot of importance when it comes to kind of knowing what goals like you're going to focus on in any given year, right? Like you want to make sure, first of all, when it comes to prioritization, that you're not overstretching yourself, even when it comes to the goals that you want to accomplish for the year. So you and I have talked about, you know, what are our top three goals for this year? One of those is on kind of building out our real estate organization, bringing more agents in, growing our network of agents around the country. And so like to your point, like that is one of your top goals for this year. And that helps drive the priority of you, you know, making this last minute trip down to LA. Right, right. And the thing too is when you're talking about that, I mean, the it's funny for most people, it's like just prioritize like what you need to get done in life. For me, like I decided to make it a lot more complicated. Like you got the normal priorities, but then you got to like prioritize like what business you're going to put what amount of time into. So maybe I should probably uh, limit the number of businesses being added and increase the prioritization for the businesses that have been successful and keep feeding those. I mean, I, I think so. And I, I know you and I, like we haven't talked about this on the podcast, but we've talked about this um, just offline. And, you know, it's interesting. I remember talking to you, telling, talking to you about you asking me, how do I prioritize different businesses at the same time? Or like when there's competing interests, right? And everything seems urgent. What's the best way to prioritize that? And I think one of the things I could kind of go back to is my business consulting days. And granted, here, here we go. We're going to have like a business, uh, business educational topic here. But I mean, I think there is something to be said about when it comes to prioritizing competing interests. One, I mean, typically I would prioritize with based on there, there's a timing aspect to this, right? And which one's more immediate. Mm -hmm. If everything's more immediate, then you kind of have to look at a different, different aspect of prioritization, which is, okay, from a, from a revenue, from a expense, from a profit perspective, which one is one kind of going to potentially earn me more money, earn me more revenue, drive more revenue for the business, right? Which one's going to reduce more expense for me in the short term? Which one's going to increase my profit? One of those three, right? So you kind of look at it from two different dimensions. One is a timing aspect of, okay, how, which one's more urgent, right? And the more urgent ones, I would prioritize over other ones that are not less, not not as immediate. And then if everything's the same timing, then I look at kind of the impact from a business perspective, which is usually then you're looking at the revenue, the cost or the profit side. Well, um, <laughs> that's a good technical way. It's to a technical way, it. yeah. And, but, but here's the thing though, like, I mean, on paper, sure, that sounds so straightforward. But when you got people calling, texting, pleading, there's all these, you know what I mean? It's like, it's not that easy. Like, how do you tune out the noise to like be able to make those kind of decisions? Because I struggle there. I, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not easy, right? I think when you're dealing with people and these interactions that people are waiting for you, it's, it's never easy. And I, for me, like, I don't have that many businesses, right? But I think about, <laughs> I mean, but I, I mean, I, it's, I kind of, I think about prioritization also from just like when, when I have to prioritize like my workout time or my personal time, right? It's, it's important, right? There's always people are going to be texting, whether it's for real estate or whether it's for, or whether it's for my other, my other job, right? There's always going to be people texting. And so for me at that point, like, I think 
I've had to get a little bit comfortable with being being uncomfortable with the fact that I can't get to everybody right away. Right. And so then it comes back to, okay, so when it comes to personal or my workout time is like, I have to think, okay, like in the short term, this is beneficial for me. In the long term, this is beneficial to me. I go back to my technical diagram, right? I mean, I'm really not this technical, but like, this is kind of, I think about it both short term and long term. Like in the long term, like I'm better off and the people that I'm working with are better off if I get in my workout or I get, you know, my personal time with my girlfriend, you know, because in the long run, that brings me more, I'm more fit. I'm more able to, I, I can live a healthy lifestyle, like healthy life for myself personally. And that just puts me in a better place to be able to serve like my clients and my, and, and my customers. And so ultimately it's just like, okay, I would love to give back to everybody, but I just have to put my phone on do not disturb and take an hour for myself. It's, it's an incredibly uncomfortable feeling. I have to say, I've had to get used to that because I, I'm the type that like when something pops up uh, and I'm not perfect at this still, but like I'm the type when something pop up, pops up, I feel the need to like have to answer right away. And, you know, it's, it. yeah, that's yeah, me. exactly. And I, you know, it's actually, my girlfriend actually has helped me with this. Like she's helped me get in, like, sometimes she'll see me on the phone and she, she'll ask me the question of, do you really need to get to that right now? <laughs> Right. And it's good because it, it helps me slow down and think like, oh, wait, no, I don't have to get to that right now. Let me just put my phone away, put it on do not disturb. Enjoy the time I have right now. And then I'll get back to them when I need when I'm when you know, when I'm done hanging out. You know, that's good that you've been able to. And I noticed you've been good about prioritizing your workouts and stuff. I don't ever put myself first. And obviously it's led to a lot of health issues and other issues the last couple of years. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm working on getting better at that. And I mean, you've seen quite a transformation there. Um, obviously having a good partner that has, that aligns with you, right? Like that's been a big plus for you because your partner, you know, eats well, gets in the workouts and supports like all the healthy aspects of where you need to prioritize. Um, and I think that you really have to, make that commitment and have that discipline. Um, it's hard to break bad habits. You know, this, this later, you know, later in life now, it's like, you know, I, I was always someone that had the routine and had the fitness and everything else in the health. And then it's like, you know, I find myself being a lot more reactive, kind of like what you're saying, you get a call, you get a text and you get reactive and then it's like, everything's an emergency. Um, and then it's like, you kind of go down that tunnel um, what I like is you kind of take a step back and you kind of remove yourself from all of that and you think, okay, well, here's what I got to get done. Here's my exercise. Here's how I need to make sure I eat. Here's my quiet time. Here's my sleep time. It's like you're prioritizing that, but not feeling selfish about it. It's you need to feed yourself to be able to be good for anyone else. And I think that fundamentally, I understand that. It's just hard for me to always practice that. You know, I've gotten a lot better at that and i feel like i'm still a work in progress because i compromise if i'm going to compromise something it's always something for myself okay. right. right like some people are the opposite some people are like they'll compromise other people always and put themselves first i mean i think i think that's kind of tricky how to approach that you need to fill your cup first i think some people are just way too selfish i think that you you have a really healthy boundary there 
you know, you, you do what you need to do for you and then you're open to, you know, help everybody else. And you're someone that's very giving, obviously something we have in common, but, uh, but it's hard, man. It's, it's really hard. No, it, it, it is really hard. And I think it's, I think you do hit, you hit it on the, on the, on the mark. It's like, you kind of have to fill your cup first before you can give, otherwise you're giving from empty, but how do you find that balance? I mean, I, I appreciate, I feel like I've noticed it, like you slowly kind of getting better in your own life too, kind of prioritizing yourself and your health and your time a little bit better. And like just some examples that I've seen, like maybe it hasn't been apparent for you, but one thing I've noticed is like, you know, you've gotten really good some like these days about, Hey, if I'm, if I'm like trying to reach you by text or I'm, I'm trying to call you right. And you're like busy doing something else. You'll send me a text right, right then and there and just say, Hey, sorry, I'm on another call. Like, can I get back to you later? And then you follow up. I think that's actually a really good approach. Like when it comes to being able to prioritize certain things that you need in that moment and then, but also kind of setting the expectation for other people to your point earlier about who are waiting on you. So that way they know, and they're not constantly like feeling like they're not hearing back. Well, but that, I'm glad that you're noticing that, but I mean, I also, it's a little selfish to a certain extent too, because it, I'm protecting myself from getting anxious if they don't know, like I like to be a good communicator anyway, but even more so it's just, it's overwhelming if people are following up with you because you yeah. haven't, you know what I mean? So it's, like I said, I mean, I'm a good communicator and I like to communicate, but I'm trying to be even better at that just to give me the room to breathe and for people to know that, you know, because when you don't communicate, that's when it becomes a problem. That's when, and if it's a challenge or a problem somebody's having, if they feel like they're being blown off, then it gets really bad. Right. No, exactly. Yeah. Then, then they kind of, who knows kind of what rabbit hole they go down in terms of what they're thinking. And then when you do get back to it to try to deal with it, it becomes a nightmare. Um, but no, I mean, I, I think that's good. Even if you feel like it's selfish, I think from an actual communication perspective, I think that is one key way to, to manage like your, your priorities. So I think, I think it's great that you're doing that. Well, thanks for noticing something positive <laughs> and improvement in that category for me. I mean, what else, like, what other ways, like, cause I know you've been trying to make it more of a priority to, you know, to work out in the morning, you know, to honor your time blocks. Um, I know, I know we're, we're, neither of us are perfect, but like, what have you been doing recently that you found effective in terms of being able to, to keep going at those things? Well, I mean, I know that there's mixed reviews about whether or not someone should need accountability or an accountability partner. And I get that to a certain extent, people feel like that's a crutch that makes you weak or whatever. But honestly, like ramping back up after this whole cancer thing, like just not having any energy, being so depleted, just everything I went through is really hard to get back on the horse, you know? And it's like, I found that by having an accountability partner, you know, for the Peloton, for instance, right? Like that, I mean, you know, obviously that turned into a lot more than an accountability partner, but I'm just saying, like that was one of the first starts for me on this rebound from this health issue. And um, I think that um, like, because I'm so big on being there for other people and showing up, it was an easy way to tap what can sometimes be a weakness and turn it into a positive. Right. You know, cause it's like, it's sad that you won't show up for yourself, 
but you'll show up for someone else from that aspect, right? But at the same time, as if that's what it took to get you back, you know? And then the other thing too about that is that once you put two, three, four workouts a week, you know, back to back, you know, and, and you start building that momentum and you start feeling better and better and better, that energy starts flowing and you see progress. And then you're just, then you're just fired up again. Like I've always been, you know, it's just that, that, that illness last year just kind of took the wind out of my sails for a minute. So yeah. it was the first time in life that I really had a hard time getting back up, you know, for, especially physically, it was, it was hard, but, um, I think that for me, I think what really helped was having the accountability for that conditioning on the bike and then working my way back into the weights and everything else. And, uh, you know, and it's, it's always been a habit up until the last couple of years, you know, it was always a habit to get up. I am a morning person, you know, so I love doing that time in the morning. It's hard to have it later in the day. So I think it's, I think it's okay to, you know, have accountability if that's what it takes or whatever i mean some kind of reward system i mean whatever you need to do like if you need that extra push to be able to prioritize yourself and your health whatever it takes thanks for joining us for today's episode now if you're watching on youtube or streaming this on your podcast platform if you could do us a favor leave a comment down below and let us know where you're listening or watching the show from today it greatly helps with the algorithm and helps us get reach out to more people who need or want to hear what we have to say. We greatly appreciate it. And now back to the show. No, I mean, I think there is something, there's something powerful to that. And I think like not everyone is, is made to be the same, right? Like we have different ways of, of kind of meeting, like either it's, it's either like our inner expectations or somebody else's expectations to kind of, uh, to, to be able to execute on like the priorities that we kind of set for ourselves. And it's interesting, you talk about, you know, when the example that you just shared where it's like you want to meet other people's expectation and that's kind of what drives you a little bit. It reminds me, and I'm going to take us off maybe on a slight tangent here, it reminds me of like a book that I read recently. It was called The Four Tendencies, actually, and it's written by Gretchen Rubin. It's, it's an interesting book because The Four Tendencies talks about basically what you described is you know, as people, we face different expectations, either internal or external. And depending on our own tendencies and one of which of the four quadrants we fall into, sometimes we're better off. We're, we're driven by by meeting our own ten, our own expectations. Sometimes we're better off driven by other people or outer expectations. And so it, it's very interesting because you, you can kind of psychoanalyze yourself a little bit and try to figure out like, okay, am I somebody that needs an accountability partner because I'm better at meeting like at meeting expectations when when I know there's somebody else that's relying on me or am I better off like knowing hey I'm somebody that responds better to my own internal habits like if I set something for myself then I have to go do it and I think from a prioritization perspective that's also super powerful if you kind of understand which side you kind of gravitate towards because yeah if if you're somebody that meets more outer expectations and you prioritize something, share that with somebody. Share with somebody what your top priorities are so they can help hold you accountable. If you're on the other side where, you know, you're more, you're much more focused on, hey, I have to meet my own inner expectations, then when you're trying to prioritize things, you might not have to worry about it as much. I hadn't heard about that book. In fact, I have to check it out on Audible, but 
Um, I, I guess I never looked at things from that perspective either, but it makes a lot of sense. And um, yeah, I mean, just, it's amazing too, um, you know, how trying to, like, even if it's like committing to get on, you know, the bike or lift weights, whatever, it's amazing to, um, I guess, I don't know, just the contrast between, like for me, not having any accountability and just being able to wake up and maybe not have the energy or not feel like you slept enough to show up on your own. And then knowing that you have to show up for somebody like, it's just crazy that the contrast, cause when like there's mornings where, you know, cause you know, I work a lot and some nights I go to bed late and stuff and there's mornings where there's no way in heck I would have got there. You know what I mean? If I didn't have somebody to show up for. So it's, that's been super powerful for me. Super powerful for me. So like I said, I mean, People judge that that's weakness if you need someone for accountability, but I think, you know, whatever it takes to get you there and get you going in the direction of your goals, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with no, that. No, I, I would agree. I think everybody's a little bit different. Um, very cool. Well, you're, but, oh, no, go sorry, ahead. I was just going to yeah. say, I mean, I'm big on doing it in the morning. Um, I think it's a lot harder to do what you do, like, because in the afternoon, like, you're good about, like, hey, I got to do my five o'clock class or my six o'clock class, like, Dude, I cannot, like, it'd be really hard for me to honor that because I I can't cut things off. And some days you're pretty tired by that time too. Like, how do you manage to, like, do you just put your phone on DND and just you're gone no matter what? I'm I'm gone no matter what. I block my calendar um, to show myself as out of office. Um, and I, I I think for me, it's it's interesting because I've I've gone through it so many times now or I actually look forward to it at the end of the day. Because for me, when I wake up in the morning, I can, I can for the most part, I can hit the ground running, give me a cup of coffee and I'm good to go. And I can focus, I can, par- I can do all the work I need to do. But then, you know, you get through toward the latter part of the day and, it, you know, I start getting sluggish, I start getting tired. And it's something that I've realized I need for myself to kind of give me that adrenaline burst to kind of finish out the rest of my night and my, my evening and nights. And so, like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not perfect at it. There's times where I had to reschedule because there is a competing priority with work that I have to do. But for the most part, what's worked for me is just make sure I block my calendar. I show myself as out of office. I try not to, like, again, here we go. Here's, here's my engineering part. It's an hour workout, but I know it takes me, like, 15, 20 minutes to get there, right? So when I block out my calendar... I'm always going to block out like a 90 minute chunk at least. So, I, or a two, sometimes a two hour chunk or I give myself 30 minutes before uh-huh. the actual workout and I leave myself 30 minutes after the workout. So I know like, cause sometimes meetings run over and things like that. So I make sure I give myself enough flexibility before and after. Buffer time. Exactly. To be able to make my workout. And most of the time, like people are very good about looking at my calendar. They're not going to, they're not going to schedule over something that I already have blocked. So if I block a two-hour time, that also helps me make sure that I make my workout. I like that. You, well, you brought up the buffer time thing. I just, I mean, obviously, kudos to, like, being able to stick those afternoon time slots because, like I said, those are challenging for me. But um, you just reminded me about the whole buffer time thing, too. Like, I used to be really good about that when I was working with this one coach back in the day. And then I got away from it but then now google calendar lets you do those 10 minute yeah. whatever yeah. 
you know, buffers. And it's like all stack stuff and like it'll be unrealistic because you need drive time and everything. And so I try to stack too much in my calendar every day and it just it just becomes a mess. It's just not it's not the best way to handle it. And so um, I got to be better about physically blocking out that extra time because that would obviously improve the quality of my days and the efficiency. Because one thing too is like sometimes you get off of a good meeting, maybe there's a couple of thoughts you wanted to put in your notes or maybe there's a couple like, you know, call to actions that you got to address. And if you're rushing off of one to get on another, then at the end of the day, you're exhausted. A lot of that stuff never comes to fruition. It never gets put down on a list or taken. You know what I mean? It's like, I feel like you kind of just fly by the seat of your pants and you're not maximizing you know, your, your meetings that you do have. So, I mean, I think it comes down to, to your point, <laughs> well, maybe reducing the amount of meetings that you have every day, but well, I mean, to, that's been a goal for a the, while. the best you, the best you can. Right. And sometimes I, I think, again, I don't have that as many meetings as you do, but I go back, it goes back to your communication aspect. Like when I first started, I would never, I don't know, maybe it's just, maybe it's the, 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 the Chinese upbringing for me. Like, I never wanted, I, I always felt like it was, it was, um, what's the term, impolite to, to if, I'm in a, if I'm on a call with somebody to say, hey, I'm sorry, I have to drop to, you know, I, ha- I have yeah. another meeting or I have to go do a workout. Like for the longest time early in my career, I never was able to do that because I felt like it was impolite. Now I've gotten to the point where it's like, I've gotten more comfortable doing that and just saying, hey, you know, like. I'm happy to continue this conversation tomorrow or let's get some more time on the calendar. This has been a really good conversation, but I have another meeting or I have another conflict that I have to get to right now. So, you know, I have to, you know, get to that next meeting. And for the most part, I think I've realized I had nothing to worry about because people, I think when you communicate that to that, no, exactly. I, and I totally get that because I always did too. And it still feels uncomfortable for me when I have to say that. But what I'm trying to say is I've realized I think before I was worried that people would not be receptive to that because I, I thought, you know, I was, I was putting my lens on them thinking, Oh, I feel like that'd be really impolite. They probably think it's really impolite too, but I've come to realize that when I have done that, people are actually very receptive and, um, and they're, they're very accommodating and understanding when you have, you know, like something else that you have to get to, as long as you kind of communicate that to them. Yeah, no, I, I agree, but it's that's it's funny because I don't know if it's, if it's my upbringing as well, but I I still have a really hard time with that. Or even like when I go meet clients out in the field, like go to their house or whatever. Like those end up like I always when I leave, I'm just like that was great, great conversation, great. But it's like sometimes I kick myself because um then I might be you know be running really late to the next appointment or whatever. And, I know it's hard though because it's like a two-sided coin there because it's like I don't know part of what does it for me is building good relationships with clients and being a super people person I mean I guess there's a fine line there too with just cutting people off for lack of a better term I think one way that would help me and I preface some of them like this is hey sorry I know we only have 20 minutes but I'm happy to schedule more time or whatever it is like I've been trying to get better about prefacing it because then I set the expectation versus like at the end trying to bail and then the thing is when you are trying to bail 
you're also distracted. So you're not even listening to what they're saying at that right, point. Right, exactly. So, yeah. 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 So it's that's tough. Yeah, I, I think it's the tough. prefacing th- I think the prefacing part of it is actually a really good is is a really good uh suggestion and a really good trick and a really good tip actually. Because yeah, it sets the expectation for everybody. And then they also know like, hey, you know, it's not that you don't want to talk to them anymore, right? You're willing to talk again. It's just, you know, right now in this in this current time, like it's not going to work out. No, I totally, I totally agree with you on that. But yeah, you apparently have flexed that muscle better than me. I got to keep working on that. Yeah, I mean, it is like a muscle. You just got to get more comfortable. Like I, <laughs> I'm still uncomfortable sometimes in the head. I, I, these days, I will actually verbalize and get the words out. But it's funny what goes on in my head sometimes. It'll take me like four or five iterations and sometimes i'm thinking like okay is right now the time to like preface and like cut off this conversation is it now so it's it's a very uncomfortable feeling but it's i think it's it it is it is a good way to kind of show respect to yourself in terms of your own boundaries for your own time commitments and you know it's like to your point Mm -hmm. it's like a muscle the more you flex it hopefully the easier it gets but um well, I mean, I think we might have exhausted this topic a little bit. Is there anything else you kind of want to add when it comes to prioritization? I mean, obviously, for I think for everyone, it's it's a work in progress, right? Um, and hopefully, you can kind of tell based on chain and, and my interaction, like we don't have it perfectly down. Um, but is there anything else you kind of want to share in terms of what you've been doing to help you prioritize? Well, one thing about prioritization, though, too, that I want to address is you know, from like a coaching perspective, when someone's trying to coach you to be more profitable or, you know, make more income or whatever, it's like they always kind of try to get your prioritized based on money making activities. And that's just not me. Like the part that's me is replacing my time with professionals that are better suited. Like for instance, like having a housekeeper or having somebody wash your car or having someone do the yard. Like, I think that knowing like your time value and what you're good at and staying in your lane. And I think prioritizing that way, that's fine. But we're, and I think that's smart actually, but I think where it's tough for me is when a coach would direct you to like, you know, spend all your time on your money making activities as your priority. And then everything else, it's like, my priority is not money. Like I want to make a good living, but you know, my prioritization is not based on money. You know, it's based on having enough time to do the different things that I value in life um, and obviously giving a lot more time to my health because, I mean, that's been tested in the last couple of years. So I think that what I want to say about prioritization is that, you know, the measure of value is going to be different for everyone. And I think you need to be true to what your calling is. You know, there's people out there that can barely even get by but they're super passionate doing what they love and that's what works for them regardless. You can't go and tell someone like that, like, Hey, you need to prioritize your money making activities. It's like people are finding their stride and and what's important. I think that like for me, prioritizing is just doing a better job of accomplishing what I need to accomplish, but balancing out in a reasonable amount of time, you know, what attention and time goes to each thing and in what order, what sequence, you know, Um, but as far as what have I been doing for myself to be better, um, I've honestly been trying to, you know, actually honor 
the time blocks that aren't always honored. And also, you know, commit to, well, two things. One is commit like the time accordingly to the different responsibilities I have. But also I started cutting the things that don't serve me. Like I started actually thinking about this. Do I really want this in my life or do I really need this? Or is this, because I don't know about you, but like, you know, we're all creatures of habit to a certain extent, but it's like, I don't know, there's certain things that are on autopilot for me. And I guess I never really stopped to think, hey, is this the best use of my time or energy, right? Like, you know, do, do I really need to go to that, I don't know, specific store that I could drive an hour and a half each way? You know, do I really need to play on this soccer team that's an hour away that I'm committing half a day to when I have a game? Like, it's weird because it's just like you're a creature of habit, but it's like, you know, I don't think that we stop often enough in the busy hustle and tussle of life to actually reanalyze, you know, what your highest and best use of time is. Once again, not from a monetary perspective, but just from your time, valuing your time and what you're trying to accomplish. Well, and I think so. I, I think I love the I love the use your use of the term value. I think it's you know instead of making instead of focusing all our time on money making activities and using that as the metric for impact in our lives. Again, it depends on, and maybe the better term that we should coin is, you know, you should spend your time on your, on your value driving activities, right? Or your value creation activities. Maybe that's a better term that people should start thinking about because to your point, like value is not just money. Value could be the could be physical health. Value could be emotional relationships with friends, with family. Um, value could be, you know, spiritual growth. It, it's 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 whatever it's whatever people find most important based on you know. But to your point, taking the time to really reflect, really assess, really figure out like what drives you, what drives me as kind of a human being, whether it's in our personal lives or in our business. And then prioritizing our daily tasks, weekly, monthly tasks and activities to align with those values. Yeah, 100%. And I'm glad that you kind of sharing that. And I felt like this would not be us without addressing, you know, that because the assumption is always that everything's based on money, right? Like that just, especially today with everything going on with social media and everything, it's like, you know everybody's coming out here preaching well you can do this you can do that you can make this you make that like yeah it's i mean there's more to life but i think people have to kind of go through those experiences on their own yeah for sure you know before they can make that determination but i didn't think it'd be just to roll something out without putting in my five cents about that because i practice what i preach and i totally believe that no i appreciate you man for bringing that up because that is that is super important and it goes, and when we talk prioritization, it kind of goes beyond just the the business aspects of it um, that we kind of started this right. podcast off with. So this is why we're uh, we we work well as a podcast partnership, right? Between the two of us, we have our bases covered, <laughs> right? And then with me, you always have insurance that we're not gonna run out of things to say. Oh, never, never. <laughs> that is one thing I never worry about. <laughs> <laughs> well with that everyone we i uh, i hope you uh, enjoyed this episode of uh 
the Top Producing Zone podcast on the road edition. And uh, we hope to catch you again next week when Shane and I will hopefully be back in our normal broadcasting studios. Yes, signing off from LA. And signing off from Austin. We'll catch you later. Take care, everyone. <laughs>